And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark. We'll check in with the uh, Lincoln East baseball team here in about 15 minutes as they are out in North Carolina. Grant Wistrom next hour. We say hi to Mitch Sherman at Mitch Sherman on Twitter with The Athletic. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Thanks for the time. Going well. Going well. How's your Tuesday? We're good, man. We are good, and a lot to get to is another day at camp for Nebraska. Coach Rule spoke, and I want to start off, Mitch, with how do you think Nebraska is going to make their money in the red zone? Let's go there. There's been a lot of talk about the red zone, and Nebraska's not exactly been a, a great red zone team. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's an emphasis for Coach Rule and this staff here for 2023. Well, a number of different ways. I think you're going to look at, number one, uh, QB run game with Jeff Smith. I think that's a place where they want to use the QB run game is in the red zone. He's a big guy, uh, falls forward, and he's going to get two yards. Um, You know, it's going to depend, obviously, on the situation. You know, if you're first and goal from the four, I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. If, uh, you know, it's first and 15 from the 20, um, probably not. I think they're going to lean on Anthony Grant. Gabe Irvin as guys who can move the chain uh, from the running back position. I think Nebraska feels like it's, it's strong on the uh, interior position, especially of that offensive line with Ben Scott uh, as the lead guy in the middle. And then what looks like Ethan Piper and, and Nuri Nuili, um in the, uh, at the guard spots alongside uh, Ben Scott. And then I think they're going to look to the tight end. Um, you know, notice I didn't mention the wide receivers. I think that's the weakest <laughs> point right there of Nebraska's red zone uh, potential, but they're going to look at the tight ends, and I think both Borkature and Thomas Bodoni are guys they feel like they can lean on uh, to score touchdowns. Early in the season, Mitch, do you think that that driving into the red zone, getting a field goal, is that could be a moral victory? Because we we expect usually whenever there's new offenses installed at a school or in a program, that it's going to take a while for that offense to really mesh together and, and find its footing. Do you think that that field goals will be a success, or will that be something that you, you look back on and bemoan in games like? Minnesota and games like Colorado because of how much pressure might already be on that defense. Yeah, I mean it's just a situational thing. I mean if it's a game where points are at a premium, then you know absolutely you want it's much better than than giving it up on downs or or you know, missing a field goal. You hope that at least you're going to get an opportunity to attempt a field goal. If it really goes awry and you commit a turnover or or lose it on downs, then that's obviously worst case scenario. Um, no, I mean, by and large, I think I would say no to that. And I think if you ask Matt Rule and, and, and Donovan Rayola and Marcus Satterfield about kicking field goals when they're in the red zone, they're going to say they want to score touchdowns. And that's, you know, what any coach is going to say. I don't think it's any different this year because this is the first, uh, a first-year coaching staff. They want to score touchdowns if they get inside the 20-yard line. You know, field goals are for, are for when you have it third and, third and eight at the, at the 30, and, and then you feel good about a field goal, but not, not once you get in the red zone. You want, you want six. Mitch Sherman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So when you're talking about Nebraska getting into the red zone, do you expect them to be more aggressive? Say it's you know a fourth and goal within the five. I mean, are you going to be shocked if they end up going for it, or do you think that they'll just have the more conservative approach with that new offense being installed? You know, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but again, it's, it's, it's situational, and it depends on the time of the game. 
if it's the first quarter, you know, you're more likely to, to take a risk. And, and, it, and it depends on how your defense is playing and what, what's the tone of the game. What's the, what are the weather conditions? You know, how do you feel like the other team is set up? Are they going to score 40 points? And, you, you know, three really isn't going to help you. Um, I, you know, I think there are times where Matt Rule is going to want to be aggressive. You know, I think he's going to practice what he preaches. And, and you know, for him, it's, it's, it's to be aggressive. It's to uh, go for the throat. It's to play with confidence. You know, I think, I think he's going to want to show confidence in his team. Fourth and five might be a bit much, but, you know, if it's fourth and two or fourth and one um, and they feel like they, they, they can get yards on the ground, then I think they're going to go for it. I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see them on fourth down throwing fade routes into the corner of the end zone. Certainly not with, um, with the guys that they have to, right now, today, at wide receiver. And, you know, even if Marcus Washington is back and, and he's healthy, which you know, has not been the case at any point in preseason camp, he's still on the sidelines today. Um, if you have Marcus Washington and you have Billy Kemp, and you have Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. I don't know that any of those guys are, are, are the player that, that you know, I want to throw a fade to in, in the end zone, which is you know, generally what you do if it's fourth and five. If your tight end's not there, um, you're, you're, you're looking for a pass that you just have a chance to, to outcompete the defensive back to get. And that receiver is just probably not on Nebraska's roster. Or if he's on Nebraska's roster, it's somebody like Malachi Coleman who is, 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 still has some time uh, to put in before he's ready to be put in that kind of a pressure moment. Mitch, you kind of led this this whole conversation off here by talking about Jeff Sims and his effect in the red zone. In, in those big-time moments, as you kind of laid out, third and two from the, the two-yard line or, or fourth and two from the two-yard line, and you need seven or six, you're going to put the ball into the hands of your, your best playmaker on offense and let them go out and do what they do, which is go make a play. Is Jeff Sims the, the, the playmaker for this offense this year, or do you think there's an argument to be had to, you know what, fourth and two, we want to give the ball to Gabe Irvin because he's a wrecking ball. How, how do you see that going whenever, you know what, it, it's late in the game, Nebraska's down by six and they need a touchdown? Yeah, you don't want to be predictable, and it's not, I don't think they have a guy in, in Jeff Sims where it's like, you know, going way back in Nebraska history, like Eric Crouch, where you know, in, in his Heisman year, or in, in, even in the couple years before that, where you just know that he's the guy who's going to get the ball because he's got the ability not just to have the speed to outrace somebody to the pylon. He can also make a guy miss, or he can make a pitch. Just it's so dynamic that you, you're, you know, you're silly if you're calling the plays and you don't put it in his hands. I, they're not at that place right now with Jeff Sims. Maybe they will be. You know, maybe he'll prove to be that player in September, and by the time they get to the end of the month and it's Michigan, it's the best team on your schedule, you just give it to them and see if your best can beat their guy. Um, and, you know, in some cases, you're going to lose, and you're gonna, it's better to lose by going down with, with your best. At the start of the year, I, yeah, I think it'll be some Sims when they're in that spot. I think it'll be some Irvin and Grant. Um, not sure what order right now. Uh, you know, I think snap one of the game, it's going to be Gabe Irvin lining up in the backfield um, with, with with Jeff Sims. But I think as you get into a game, it's just as likely that Anthony Grant's going to be the guy that you put in there when you need yards as it is Gabe Irvin. Um, and, and then I, I'll go back to Fedoni and Billy Kemp. Those are the other two guys right now that I look at and say, if you've got to make a play, find a way to get those guys open uh, on a route and just put the ball there for them to get. Mitch, let's talk about Fedoni. He was able to talk after practice today, and he's had his share of at least video clip highlights in, in some of the footage that's been released. And what, what are your expectations here? What kind of year do you think Fedoni can have? And I really enjoyed his, his comments after practice today. The guy's just kind of always on. Uh, and I have no doubt when you talk about guys that love the game, 
his mannerisms and, and just his grind is very real. I think he eats footballs for dinner, so uh, that's uh, <laughs> well put. He's, I mean, he's the kind of guy who comes across like that, and, and Thomas always has been. Um, that, that's that's the vibe that I've gotten from him since I met him in his junior year at Lewis Central and Council Bluffs, and that, that's why it's it's been difficult to watch, just because you know the 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 anguish that he's in, not not physically, but just the the difficulty that it's been for him to go through two years. You know, an early enrollee. Gets hurt his first spring, comes back, you know, gets onto the field for a couple of snaps at the end of the year in his true freshman season. Works through the spring, gets hurt again. It was interesting today to hear Matt Rule talk about that injury, the the re-injury of Thomas's knee in the spring of 2022. And I was I was a little taken aback because he was he described the play like he described it, and this was in practice. He described the play in practice, so we, we Rule did. So we've heard about Matt Rule and how he watched all of the practice film from last year, the season before he got to Nebraska. He also watched the spring, it seems, uh, before before he got to Nebraska. So um, that that you know I think tells you a little something about the head coach. But but to talk about Fedoni, um, yeah, he's you know I think there's going to be some rust to knock off. And I asked him about that today, and you know he said not not really. You know I mean, he's not going to admit, uh, and, and he probably doesn't even think right now about that you know he feels good when he's out there on the practice field and he looks good when you see him run around and when you see him in the videos he's probably been been the one guy featured more in nebraska's social media videos than any player on this roster since january um and that speaks to how this coaching staff feels about him because rule and and the the the, the you know the people in charge the personnel people at nebraska you know they have say and who the school features are on its its social media. So it's not just by coincidence that you know guys like Thomas Fedoni and Billy Kemp and 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 Jeff Sims and and Isaac Gifford and Luke Reimer just continue to show up on that on that list. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom, if Thomas Fedoni is one of the next group of players who ends up getting a single digit just because of the respect I think that he's earned not just this this year the calendar year 2023 from his teammates and fighting back but in everything that he's done to come back from two injuries since he since he first got to Nebraska. So my expectation for him is that he's going to come along like in a, in a gradual process through the year. And by the time Nebraska gets into October and gets to midseason, you know, as long as he stays healthy, um, which he's on track to do, I think he can have a pretty big year. You know, I could see him having 35 or 40 catches this year up over 500 yards. Mitch, whenever we hear the coaching staff talk about how much they want to utilize the tight end position, let's briefly hit on the other tight end in that room that I'm expecting us to see plenty of this year in Nate Borkature. And this is with, with Gilbert and his waiver kind of being up in the air right now. With Borkature, we got to look at him at the uh, a look-in series last night, a bit of a deeper dive into who Nate Borkature is on and off the field. And I want to get your thoughts on what type of potential he has this year. Do you think this could be a, a coming-out party for, for Nate Borkature from walk-on to potential starter this year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's Mr. Reliable. Like, he's the guy who you know going into the season more than anybody at that position. You, you know what you're going to get from him. You know, and don't forget about Janaren Bonner at that spot, too. I, I think he has a role, although he's more of a hybrid tight end and, and can play – they can flex him out at receiver. He can play fullback. But um, Borkature is just a traditional tight end. You know, he's going to be instrumental in the run game. He's going to be a guy like you've seen, I think, out of Nebraska tight ends in the past. So you just wonder how he, how he always gets open because he's going to run good routes. He's going to know the offense. You know, he's not going to misdiagnose something and, and, you know, end up costing Nebraska an opportunity. If it's there for him, I think he's going he's gonna to get get to the ball and get open and make the catch. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't envision him 
with the same kind of explosiveness and maybe the same kind of numbers um, when it's all said and done that Thomas Fedoni has. He's not the same kind of freakish athlete that Fedoni is, but um, he doesn't take a backseat to um, to anybody in that in that tight end group with um, you know what can what the coaches expect from him on a day to day basis, and he has good size. So um, you know, kind of like Travis Bokulak in the past couple of years, who, who has just been reliable and doesn't drop balls. Um, I, I think that's what Borkutcher brings. Mitch will get caught up again as uh, Minnesota is just around the corner. And uh, appreciate you jumping on. And we're, shoot, we're up against it. But we'll, we'll talk next time about the, 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 uh, the Big Ten kind of State of the Union you wrote. Check that out for Mitch on The Athletic. Really does an excellent job running down the Big Ten and the different tiers. Mitch, appreciate your time today, bud. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Mitch Sherman with us. Find him on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman. We'll head to North Carolina, talk some American Legion World Series.